Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of How I Built It. Today I want to tell you about two things. The first is a new project I recently launched called WP in One Month. With WP in One Month, I want to help you make the jump from using WordPress to creating with WordPress. I'm going to do that through in-depth, affordable online courses uh, that take somebody who knows how to use WordPress and shows them how to do more. The very first course I'm offering is a course about how to build a blog from scratch. No coding is required, but it will teach you how to set up a blog by buying a domain and configuring hosting, installing WordPress, all the way up to making money with your website. It's a really great course and it's on sale now for 50% off at $19. So head over to wpinonemonth.com to check that out. The other thing that I want to tell you about is our sponsor. This week's sponsor is Hover.com. With hundreds of domain extensions, no heavy-handed upselling, and best-in-class support, Hover makes it easy to spend less time on your domains and more time on your big idea. I'm a Hover user. I bought the domain WPinOneMonth.com with Hover, and I'm a huge fan. And this week, you can use the offer code BUILDPENS, all one word, all caps, BUILDPENS, for 10% off your first purchase. And now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me on How I Built It, a show that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Chris Coyer. Hey, Chris. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. I am happy to be a guest. How I Built It. Love it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, very exciting. I know you build a lot of things uh, on the internet. And one of the things I want to get into is how you manage that time. But first, I think we're going to focus specifically on CodePen today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about CodePen and how you came up with the idea? Oh, sure. So yeah, CodePen is, is CodePen.io is the URL for it. And it's kind of like a, the heart and soul of it really is a, is a, well, the heart and soul, I should say, is the community around it. But the technologically speaking, the heart and soul is a code editor in the browser. So if you're going to write some HTML code or CSS or JavaScript, you can do that on CodePen. It brings up this kind of special environment where you see individual boxes for HTML, CSS, and JavaScript all at the same time. And and then a half of the screen is kind of dedicated to showing you the output of that. So you could type like an H1 tag and type title and close the H1 tag and it will render that uh, HTML for you to look at kind of in real time. Like it detects that you've kind of stopped typing and then it's like, okay, I'm going to grab that code and make it into a web page and show you the result of it. So that's, you know, that's what it does. And you could write HTML, but you could write in Markdown or you could write in Haml if you're, uh, you know, a Ruby nerd or whatever and prefer that language. There's all these preprocessors it supports. So it's nice for playing around with that kind of thing. And playing around is a big part of the of, of it. It's about learning. It's about sharing an idea really quickly. There's a million ways that you could use CodePen. There's no prescribed version of it. It's kind of like, I don't know, I have this idea to build this really cool button that when you click it, it spins and a gradient goes swooshing by and SVG sparkles come by. People totally use it for that. <laughs> and I love it. There's like a ton of creativity around CodePen. But there's also like, I got a bug I need to solve. Uh, here's the HTML and CSS I'm using for it, and it's totally screwed up and I don't understand it. Let me use that and then send someone a link to it so they can look at it and see that that's a problem or whatever. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a code editor in the browser that you can use for all kinds of different things. 
stopping short of like using it for a big production project. I know you're a WordPress guy. You can't build a WordPress site on mm-hmm. CodePen, you know. So that, that that sometimes that's a little confusing for people. You can't use CodePen for absolutely everything yet, but maybe you know, <laughs> for the most part, it's just little demos. Yeah, totally. And like that's, I mean, that's I've used it for all of those use cases. And like I have a designer friend who was basically asking me recently how to add like an embed this image code on a page and so like i just like mocked it up in code pen and sent it to her and she goes oh i i get that like i totally get that now so uh much easier than trying to use words to explain code uh which is kind of the alternative <laughs> yeah, yeah so and uh sure it's so it's so hard to peg down when you somebody like you asked me like oh what is it who is it for i'm like i don't know my elevator pitch sucks for it because <laughs> it's about so many things it's about it can be your portfolio in in a sense it can be you know people just use it for all kinds of different things and i love that so i don't really i don't really mind you know oh that's a big use case is communicating back and forth on a team like there's people that use copen that have nothing public at all because all they're doing it is like mocking up things for a project and talking back and forth on a team with it and then they move it to a production project uh and that's that that's just the way they use CodePen. yeah yeah awesome i mean that's a, and how did you come up with this the idea well it's not the idea of having a single screen code editor in which that you're looking at the html the css the javascript and the preview of it isn't a new concept. We did not mm-hmm. invent that. In fact, you know, JS Fiddle does that. JS Bin does that. They're both older than CodePen. And I love those things. I think they do a good job and they're, have, they're still around. They're mm-hmm. still doing a good job with that tool. And in, in, in the very early days, like the idea concept was like, I'm writing – another thing I do is write on CSS tricks. It's just one of the sites that I've been writing about web design for a long time. I was like – the way I was doing demos before that was like just making an HTML file and hosting it in like an examples directory mm-hmm. right on my own web server and be like, oh, I want to show you this blog post and talk about it, but I also want to show you the complete demo. Well, just I just linked to myself. Right. Uh, and showed the demo. And it's like, that's kind of cool. But in order to like see the code, you really got to like view source or use the dev tools or whatever. It wasn't very compelling. And I'm like, I think I was, you know, using JS Fiddle mostly at the time, I would start putting demos on there because it was just way more compelling of a way to look at a demo. I was like, this is awesome. I should just move all my demos to JS Fiddle. And I could have done that. And it actually would have been, I mean, they're still around today. It probably wouldn't have been that bad of a move. It probably would have been pretty cool. But I was kind of like, I don't have any control. What if they were just to close for some day? And like, or what if I'm like, I get a lot of traffic to these demos. What if I want to like put advertising on it or something or have a little bit more control about being able to get to that demo and then being able to get back to the article. And I just wanted like more control over the end to end experience, you know, and I thought it would be a fun project to do anyway. It seemed like within my wheelhouse to build something like that. Uh, It wasn't actually, you know, we started doing it and I commissioned some friends Tim and Alex right away, who are my co-founders at CodePen, be like, dude, let's just do this in like a weekend project. Like, help me build this thing. You all have better JavaScript chops than I have. Tim, you have better server chops than I have. Let's just build this thing and kind of see where it goes. And it was cool and a fun little project to build. And then early on, we're like, so how are we going to do this? Are we just going to make it open source and people host it themselves or have like a canonical hosted version of it, but open source? And if you want to install it yourself, you can. Or should we make 
and then where should we put the version, the main version of it? Should we like put it on CSS tricks and have it just be a part of that? Or should we make its own domain? This is in the way, way early days, you know? Yeah. Like, no, let's just give it a name and we'll just host it, you know? And then we're like, pretty soon we're like, this is actually like super cool. I think we're going to make a weird choice in the beginning is not making the editor the homepage like all the rest of them are for the most part. Mm -hmm. We're going to have instead the homepage is going to be like all the coolest things people have built on it today. Because one of the first things we built was like, just show me a list, an admin screen of all the pens that anybody's made. So I can click through all of them and just see what's up, see what people are building. Then we'll build a little tool to like click a little star and move those ones to the homepage. So then it's become, then it became like, you know, this awesome homepage of just interesting, random, interesting things that people have built. And then it just took off from there. Like we should have people be able to log in so they can save them. And then they should be able to heart on them and they should be able to comment on them and they should be able to collaborate on them. And then we should have teams and then, you know, like all the features just blew up from there. And it became pretty clear that like, I don't know, we're going to have a pro plan that unlocks features and then that's super tied into the rest of the app. So it's like becoming harder to open source this thing. And it's actually not that interesting of a thing to open source. And there's a bunch of other open source ones that probably are better for that purpose anyway. So it became this like, we're just going to host it. We're just going to run this thing like a more traditional startup and uh, go from there. So I so that was kind of the life story of it. But yeah, the idea came from just like, want that the fact that it's just a cool compelling way to show off code nice that that's and that's awesome and that it's um you know i know a lot of people have called it kind of like the dribble of code uh because you can like absolutely yeah we take a lot of cues from dribble you know it's very it's very similar you go and you see a grid of of designer e things and you can follow people and talk about them and heart them and that way it's it's very similar to dribble and in fact i you know i know dan and we're, we've talked to dan many times and rich and the team over there uh and it's and it's and i was kind of like hey heads up we're like kind of building a thing and a lot of times when i'm reaching for like a design pattern i look at dribble because it's you know, I don't know if people even think of Dribble as like a super well-designed site. I guess they do, but it's not like it's mostly like what's on Dribble that people think about, which I'm sure they don't mind. Mm-hmm. But I look at Dribble as a masterpiece of design itself because there's just so many little things that I'm just like, oh, I'm struggling with where this should go or how we should handle this or what the hover should be like and where the data should go and stuff. And I'm always like, yep, they nailed it. Gonna copy that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and so, like yeah, the similarities from from Dribble are there. Totally, and like I mean, Dan Dan Cedarholm specifically is like the the guy. He's like the reason that I'm any good at CSS and stuff. Like, uh, handcrafted CSS and and oh, I love that. book. Yeah, just like his books were the first books I his read on CSS. CSS and then yeah, handcrafted was so like good it, totally, and like those are like still like dog-eared and on my bookshelf, and like it, like just so good. So <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So it sounds like we kind of answered the second question a little bit. You know, like you kind of built this out of a need, which is, I feel like, how every great tool is built. And then, like, you kind of looked at JS Fiddle and, and kind of design cues from Dribble and stuff like that. But is there any, is there any like hard research you did to be like, there's definitely an, uh, like a need for this? And, and this is my projected like Silicon Valley kind of stuff that you would like include in a business plan? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, and there there probably there probably should have been, and there probably sh- to be honest, there probably should be consistently doing that. I mean, just because we've launched now and we exist now doesn't make research mm-hmm. not interesting to do, especially for future things that you're going to build. But I'd say that we're we're kind of bad at that. I'd say that the reason we didn't is there's no not necessarily a great excuse for it because I research is always valuable at least kind of a, a minimum amount of it to kind of <laughs> validate what you're doing but like I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted and we just built it and then it was useful so like I asked I researched my own brain <laughs> and decided that this would be useful and yeah and then like uh, and that was cool and we're on the yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say, yeah, and then, like, other people started using it. So, I mean, other people you – know, that seems like good research. <laughs> yeah, and they tell you. It, yeah, and the, I don't know if that v- counts as research. I'm sure a research methodologist would tell you that doesn't count if people are just <laughs> telling you stuff. But it kind of feels like it, and people are pretty clear about what they would like to see CodePen do. Uh, and then we can match it up. It, it still feels er- early days to me in that we're not done building all the stuff that I would like CodePen to do. So it's like I don't, you know, I I don't have a a upcoming survey that I'm going to send out to all existing user that asks, you know, that is trying to to validate future features because I'm like I know what future features we want to build. It's more stuff that I want. <laughs> so man, uh, I don't know, and I'm not trying to talk anybody out of research. In fact, if anything, please allow me to talk you into it. I do think that uh, you you should have some you should have a pretty strong idea that the thing that you're going to build is is useful to somebody. And if it's just for yourself, that's cool, but that doesn't make it, it's it's not going to guarantee that it's going to be a big business. And in fact, we probably could have built a more successful financially business if we did that. We're, I think we're, not to downplay that we're doing poorly financially and stuff, we're doing fine, but I have a feeling that if we just did if we structured it more like what can we build to make money, we probably would have made more of it. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. So on that same token, you know, did you did you talk to anybody about, you know, like features or business advice, direction that you should take the business in, things like that? Yeah, sometimes. And now we have investors. So we are a more traditional startup in that we took some money to in which to hire people and to build faster and stuff. And that was fun and interesting. I think that's when we needed the most advice. Okay. Because, yeah, like if I'm asking like, hey, where should we take this thing? That's the kind of advice that I like. Just me personally, I'm not very good at taking. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I, I hear the ideas and I'm like, no, nope, don't like it. I'm gonna do what I want to do instead. But that's just because I'm a, I'm the worst. You know, I should probably be listening. But if 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 it's like, how should we structure our business? How should we handle taxes? What kind of business should we be? What kind of stock should we offer our employees? I have no idea. So I'm gonna suck down that advice with mm-hmm. a straw. I'll probably just gonna do whatever you tell me to do, as long as I trust the person telling it to me. So that type of advice is like, yes, please. And I think people are different in that way. I think there's probably some business type founders out there that know all that stuff super well. They're, they have an MBA. They've, they've researched startups. They, the business portion of it, they got under control. They know just how that's going to go down, but they need help making sure that they build something that people love and that is useful to people and stuff. So they're out there soliciting feedback on that. And not so much the business stuff. It just depends on what your skill set is. 
Yeah, totally. And uh, like, I am woefully behind on the CodePen radio, actually. So I didn't realize that you guys took investors. But I mean, I guess this that's a, a quick aside. It was about a year ago now. So. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's not even that big of a deal. It's very, very kind of traditional setup. We took $1 million, which is a, you know, is both an amazing treasure chest of uh, like, it's the most money I've ever seen far <laughs> and long. And in the grand scheme of things, not all that much money. You know, when you're hiring expensive designers and developers, that just doesn't go that far. Mm-hmm. You know, they, ex- there's, they're just expensive. Developers have a big salary. They have good benefits and as they should. And yeah, so in, it, it, that will buy you a couple of designers and developers for a couple of years. So there's gotcha. some risk there. You better have a good plan, which we did. Nice. That's uh, that's great. And and you know, if uh if people listening along, if you want to learn more about that, you know, Chris and his co-founders do do a a podcast strictly dedicated to like how CodePen was built and and uh the like I remember the investor show specifically, you guys hadn't taken it you guys hadn't taken money at the time, but I remember co- going through the process and you talking about the process. Oh, yeah, right on. Yeah. We do we do have a podcast called Code Pen Radio where we talk to, we talk about the process, and certainly there was some episodes about the uh, specifically about the the taking of money and how it all went down and pre and post that and stuff that get into some of the the nitty gritty, even some like ones that are probably not all that fun to listen to unless you're going through it yourself. You know, there was some boring lawyery ones about what paperwork mattered and that kind of thing that I, I suspect aren't all that fun to listen to, but are more of like a resource for people that are close to going through that or have questions about it. So pick which ones you listen to wisely. Yes. Yeah. And like, yeah. And, and if you're like what you're hearing, you're hearing here, this is like, I feel like this could be the abridged version of what the full podcast is. Because I know you guys spent about a lot of the first few episodes on the question I'm about to ask, which is, how did you go about building CodePen? Like, like, oh yeah, yeah. like the tech stack and, and yeah, totally, thing. yeah, yeah. We do. We have touched on it here and there, but it changes over time, and there's a lot. There's a lot to say because it's you know if you're asking me like oh how does you know what does CSS tricks run on be like oh, dude it's just it's PHP MySQL it runs <laughs> on a single server I don't know yeah. we, the most interesting thing is like I don't know it has a CDN and we put nginx in front of it and it's actually on PHP seven which is cool but like the tech stack is like not particularly interesting mm-hmm. and it's very easy to talk about. The code pen tech stack is not easy to talk about because it's like, not that anything of it is secret. Not, none of it is. It's just some of it's above my head and it's just, it's like everything. It's one of those, I think as apps get bigger in complexity and they do a lot of stuff, it's like, God, it's almost like name a language that isn't in the stack somewhere because it's just, it's yeah, big and weird. Totally. The primary thing, like when you go to URL, the homepage, it's Ruby on Rails. So okay. it's a, you could say it's a Rails app. Gotcha. To some degree. But then it, but that breaks down pretty quickly because it's like there's a ton of JavaScript stuff involved. The new, the, the new thing that we're building and releasing soon is all in React uh, and Redux and Immutable JS, but it's kind of within the Rails stack still, but there's still going to be a little Rails routing and stuff, I think. And then it's like, 
Well, what does CodePen do? Well, you can, t- you can write in SAS in there, for example. So you write some SAS and you hit save. Well, that's got to go out to a server that's in a Docker container that's on AWS that has a node server running on it that accepts that request and processes it through Gulp and then returns that through some other technology. And it's like, there's just a lot of tech happening there. So like, what's the stack? Oh, it's like everything. Yeah, man, that's wild. And like, and then there's, there's a whole lot that like you need to be aware of. Like, I mean, you're letting people execute JavaScript on the front end, right? So there's got to be some yep. security oh, things, that's right? The least of it. <laughs> <laughs> there is JavaScript is dangerous when it's especially be- mostly because of XSS. There's plenty of other JavaScript vulnerabilities too, but that's kind of the big one because if you allow someone to execute JavaScript that they've written on your site, that means they can basically steal a session cookie and log in as you, and that's really bad. Or log in and steal other people's session cookies. And if you're authenticated as somebody, you can be like, you know what, I think I'm going to close down this account <laughs> or something. And yeah. that's like really super extra dangerous. So we block that. That's hard. And we've certainly had XSS problems though they most they mostly come up not in the app themselves so if you're like execute arbitrary javascript it's not the javascript that you write in a pen to execute because that's actually not that hard to lock down Mm -hmm. because you we execute that in an iframe that's at a different subdomain actually we're going to put it at a different domain entirely fairly soon and then it's like you can't steal any cookies because there aren't any cookies there to steal so like just that alone goes a long way and it's in a sandboxed iframe and we use this thing called the content security policy uh and we do some stripping of things that are particularly nasty it's like it's not like we do perfect security because nobody does perfect security but like we have a pretty lockdown as far as code pen or uh, playground things go Mm -hmm. but yeah security has been a big deal it's more like because it's a Rails app, you can, or not even because, because it's any kind of application. You could like, for example, create a collection and you get to name it anything you want. So you better make sure that when you name a collection and the way that you save it in the database and display it on the page doesn't allow someone to name a collection script alert high and have that execute. Or right. Something. Yeah. Every web app has problems with that. Rails does a pretty good job of helping you with that as does wordpress and stuff most things are like you can't just name a blog post title an xss attack and have it execute because wordpress has thought about that and you know largely doesn't allow you to do it at least with certain permissions and stuff so it's like it's not a problem but there's a mil just the title of something is one of like 80 different places where little bits of of data are stored so you better make sure all 80 of them are really secure and yeah right and like i mean when you're when you're building with wordpress like that's the thing that i know the best it's you can escape all of the input and all of the output and all the different ways like you can escape specifically for javascript or html or just like urls in general and when you're building something from scratch, that's like stuff that you need to really think about. So, man, that's I, I would really encourage everybody to listen to CodePen Radio, actually, because they, you know, you, you guys do a bunch of deep dives into like your server stack, at least like early on, like when you recorded those episodes. And mm-hmm. 
So, which I guess uh, transitions really nicely into the next question, uh, which we've touched on a little bit. But why don't? What's the biggest transformation, I guess, that you've gone through since you first launched? Like, what would you say is like mm. the thing that took? I bet Code everybody Pen- would have a different answer to it. Okay. than you asked than if you asked me, just because it's like I don't know. I bet Alex, for example, who. Uh, it's just one of our developers who wrote a lot of like the collab mode stuff would be mm-hmm. like, oh, that, that was a big deal for me when I, you know, version one of collab mode on CodePen, which is this thing that's like Google Docs, right? You have two cursors right. and you can both write together and it supports up to six people in there and stuff. And it's just a very tricky and weird thing to pull off in a web app. And it's a pro feature on CodePen. He like wrote it himself. He like did a bunch of research on operational transforms and was like doing math and networking stuff and figuring out how he could write this feature himself and, and then use like like just that's complicated enough but then how you handle that kind of real-time communication stuff like with web sockets and all that is interesting too so we're like he's like doing all this complicated stuff on top of using fairly new web technology and then he's like i'm gonna oh, i can't i can't handle it's too buggy it's too weird i can't figure it out i'm gonna switch to another library and then another library and then another service and then I, so the the number of times that he like had to rewrite how collab mode worked, he'd probably say that was like one of the hardest transformations mm-hmm. we've ever had to do and tim might say well when we switched to teams and supporting a team structure, maybe that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do because it was, it, it was one of this like fundamentally rewrote what a user is on CodePen and it touched every URL and it touched everywhere that a user was relevant on CodePen and it had to account for whether you're in a team context or a regular context or something. And it, you know, it took us like eight months to write the feature and like that was the biggest transformation to make. And I don't know what I would say. I might be like, well, we, we launched a major, major redesign at one point. So that touched about every piece of CSS and HTML on the entire site. So that was kind of a big deal. But there's other things, you know, there's business-wise and, and like how we operate as a company, taking the money and hiring employees was a major transformative change. In the early days, we weren't even on Rails. We had to throw away CodePen and rewrite it in Rails. So that was a big transformation. It's like, it's almost like it's, there's never just one thing. It's yeah. Like you're, there's always going to be change. It's like this picking new one your favorite where child. We're switching to, we're, we're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or least favorite. Uh, we're... <laughs> We're switching to or not, you know, this new feature is is really changing our JavaScript development a ton. We're writing a big feature in React and Redux, as I said, and it's like, wow, is this different? This is a completely different universe, and it's a major transformative change at CodePen. So we'll see how that goes. And that's all tech stack changes, you know? It's not including, like, how we think about the community behind CodePen or, like, what has our, has our like, mission changed a little bit. And that's – it has a little bit. And in some case, in, in the early days, it was just like, ah, we just want to build a little – little, you know, little web editor in the browser kind of thing, you know, use code mirror and just make a little thing. And then it's kind of changed into like, this is clearly a community. It's a community in all the ways that an online community is. People are talking to each other on there and commenting and they're meeting each other. And then there there's real life meetups and there's people that have their own little Slack teams of, of just hanging out because they met on CodePen and they want to chat that way. And so like any, it just is a community. So it, it, the transformation was from just this little code editor into like, no, this is more of a community now. Uh, and so we need to support that. And then in the future, what it's going to 
change as well. Like I, I think it might be more than just it might education might become a bigger part of it, and it might be like what is CodePen? CodePen is a low barrier to entry way to get into coding. That might be more of our our thing going forward. We we don't want to like change our mission statement every week or anything, but you have no choice but to evolve it over time. So I think just as big as tech stack changes, it's like, why are you building what you're doing changes over time as well? Yeah. And that, I mean, that's so important. That's a great point. And I think a lot of people don't think about the why they just kind of, I want to do it because it's cool. But I mean, the, the why is what should drive your business. And, uh, I can, I can speak to the, is what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, just what, what your employees need to care why as well. They, right. You know, you need to, if the people that work for you hopefully have some kind of, hopefully kind of agree with you that what you're building is worth it and, and, and interesting and helpful and, and they have some motivation that comes with that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I just wanted to touch on the education thing a bit because that's another big space that I'm in. And so, like a code pen pro account for me has been instrumental in like teaching in the classroom because when I started learning code in like 2002, maybe like HTML and CSS, like I would have to go and you know, right click and view source and copy and paste it into notepad and then save it and open it up in a browser. And like, that's, that's a cumbersome process anyway, but like with all the stuff that we have to kind of know now, like as, I, I, I'm sure that you've had, I think on CSS tricks, you had to pull like, what's a front end developer or like, or, or it's like, how do you spell it? Right. But like the bigger question is what is a front end developer? Yeah. Just, yeah. it's like a huge conversation now. And, and the fact that like I could do something for a group of students who have never seen HTML and CSS before and, and do something and like show them how it changes in real time has just been a great teaching instrument for me to, and and for them too like they've built i've had them build essentially static websites inside codepen you know and then we figure out how to upload it to the server later but as far as learning html and css like i mean that yeah, yeah just they could see something in yeah. feelings when i hear that some of it is yes i'm so excited that's so great that's why we built this i want to see people using it to teach and learn and if this could be like a like a low barrier to entry thing where you're just like oh i get it you know if we can have those clicking moments and, and help people learn that. That's so great. And so that's all the good stuff. And then the bad stuff is like, oh, but oh, there's so much more I want to do for you. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, uh, like uh, how to, as an educator, you can't like set up a classroom and like group those students together. They can't really sub. There's no part of CodePen that allows them to submit an assignment to you and give feedback to them. And then, and then you're like, oh, they want to make a static website. Well, Web Design 101 sa says you should probably make an index.html page and then make an about.html page and then like link those two things together with anchor links. That might be in every like HTML intro to HTML book exists out there. And you can't really do that on CodePen right now because you just get the three panels and it's like not really like what local web development in a way it's like a unique and weird thing and we're we're you know hopefully going to address all those things and make CodePen even better for that but it's like it's you know so it warms my heart that people like you get to you know use CodePen for education in that way and is like oh we have so much more we want to do for you awesome well that sounds if you ever need a beta tester i'd be happy to test
Yeah, I'll put you on the list. For yes, stuff. awesome. Okay, so I think we've talked a lot about your future plans and where we're bumping up against the. I kind of have like this arbitrary half hour limit, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not arbitrary. I like to keep it focused, <laughs> and I can I can talk to you for hours. So I, I will just end with the final question, uh, which is: Do you have any trade secrets for us? <laughs> trade. Trade secrets. Yeah. Secret to success. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do have one. I do have one. It's the only one. Now that I've been along, and both of us, I'm sure, have been along for years and years and years, and you start to get a little bit more perspective on the industry the longer you're around, you know? And I just, one of the things that just becomes more and more clear is that things come and go. And that's okay, and that's fine, and, and it's worth embracing. But one of the ways that you can be successful, if you're not one of the ones that goes, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just talking about persistence, you know, I was just like at a wedding, literally last night, and uh, there was a woman there who was like trying to, she was quitting her job, and she was into maybe getting into blogging, and she had set up a WordPress site, actually, and she had this idea of something she wants to write a lot about, wants to sell advertising. And I'm like, I know this is so boring, but it's the one piece of advice I have for you if you want to be successful successful in doing this thing. And the blogging there was relevant to me because I've had success there, but it re- applies to anything in the world. You just have to do it forever. Year- <laughs> I'm talking years, you know, like d- don't even expect any success for years. You know, like that's like the old adage with restaurants, right? You lose money for the first two years or whatever. Yeah, that's right. I think that's how people should think of all of their things that they they tackle. And if you've started something, be it a startup or a new blog or a book you're trying to write or your furniture business or whatever it else, if you if you if the thought of doing it for years is just like, yeah, no big deal. I'm gonna do this anyway. This is just what I do. I've already been doing it for years or something. If that's like the feeling you have, you're you're in, you know? If the feeling you have is, ugh, really? Years? <laughs> I'm like it may not be the thing and you you may just learn you may just learn a little bit about yourself you may just learn that hey this isn't my thing really like i tried it and i don't regret trying it but it may not be the thing and so you know code pen and the other projects i have through learning through time i've learned that yes these are my things (laughs) i want to keep doing these things forever and i'm going to be doing these things forever i found it and i'm lucky to have found it and you know i i hope that other people can find their things too i realize not everybody has and it's not sad you're just you're still on the journey there and so i think the, the 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 success which is a you know a mediocre amount of success on my own projects is a hundred percent attributed to persistence. That is my trade secret. That's awesome. That's awesome advice. Uh, I I will echo that a hundred percent to the point where like I put together a business plan one time and somebody was like, "What's your exit strategy?" And I'm like, "I don't. If I if this works, I want to keep. Do- I don't have one. Like <laughs> I go until it's done being a business, I guess. But so that's just fantastic advice. Like you you need to have passion and you need to. Uh, you need to rise to the challenge. And uh, I mean, in, in web development, you know, I think for me, the fear of my skills stagnating or falling behind or not wanting to learn the next new thing like React or Angular or whatever comes after that, like Oculus Rift.js or whatever like that, that <laughs> <laughs> like I'm scared that one day I'll be like, I don't feel like learning that, but I'm not there yet. And so uh, it's still awesome. So. 
Yeah. Oh, man, I struggle with it, too. All this new stuff. I, for a while, I was like, oh, I get it. I'm in. And even at my own company now, they're like, they're moving so fast and and stuff. And I'm so I'm, you know, have changed roles into uh, uh, more of a ship steerer and cheerleader and stuff. It's not true. I still write a lot of code, but it's moving so fast that I can see that day coming mm-hmm. more and more. I'm like, what new library are we using? Yeah. How does it work? Hmm. Do a good job. I'll be over here, Grandpa. <laughs> uh, but it's not necessarily true, and I know that it's not because the I don't know. I've I've plenty to offer, even if I'm not writing. And so do you, and so does everybody yeah. else. You know, I feel like if 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 your skill is that you can write a well crafted email, you're useful still. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, maybe maybe more than like a lot of people because writing a well crafted email is really hard, <laughs> especially like a confrontational <laughs> one. Like like you need to explain things, and but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Well, it sure is. Yeah, Chris, thank you so much for joining me uh, for talking all about CodePen. If you want to learn more about Chris Coyier, you can go to CodePen.io or CSS. Is it CSS Dash Tricks? I just realized this. Is it css-tricks.com? Uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's all right. Yep, and that's another that's another trade secret. If your URL is taken, just put a dash in it. <laughs> nice, no, nice. It doesn't matter. Yeah, still, it'll still work. And uh, lastly, and I'm really excited. I haven't read it yet, but I'm really excited to read it. Is Chris has a new book out called uh, Practical SVG, and it talks all about S- Thank SVG. Thank you very much for mentioning that. Yeah, it's on a book apart, and it's yeah, it's all about SVG. And please buy it. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, like I there's no doubt in my mind that it's going to be awesome because you I've learned a lot of SVG stuff from the things you've written and a book apart is one of the best book publishers out there for web development. So it's just a lot of greatness rolled into one one book with a uh, purple cover. It's which one is it like number 14 for them or number 13? Uh, it's 19, actually. 19, 20. Yep. And it's a, it's kind of a light, nice blue color, which is the, uh, the color. If you use Adobe illustrator, when you've selected a vector object and you get the little blue outline around it and the little blue dots that show you where the vector points are. Yes. Color blue is the color of the, of the title of the book, a little secret for it. That is so awesome. I know this is kind of a long wrap up, but Chris, Thank you so much for joining me. What a great conversation. Uh, I hope uh, you, the listeners, enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, And thanks again to our sponsor, Hover.com. Make sure to use the code BUILDPENS for 10% off. If you like the show, please rate it on iTunes. It helps so much with, uh, you know, where we kind of show up uh, in the rankings and things like that. And uh, finally, until next week, get out there and build something.